Joining me now from the National Firearms Association is Rick Igersich to sort of walk us through how we got to Canada's dumbest man inadvertently becoming Canada's best handgun salesman and then having to do something completely undemocratic to fix that. Uh, Rick, thanks for joining me. Why don't you tell people a little bit about the work that the NFA does? I'm Rick Igersich. I'm uh, the president of Canada's National Firearms Association. Uh, what the NFA is all about, we're Canada's largest advocacy group. Uh, we, uh, our job is basically to uh, educate politicians, lobby politicians, and try to get some changes into some of the ridiculous firearm rules that uh, lately the Liberals have been uh, dropping on us. I think you guys have been around since the 70s. So we're approaching 50 years of advocacy from the NFA. So you've sort of shepherded the Canadian public through um, the introduction of the gun registry, then the repeal of the gun registry, and now this latest liberal attack on our firearms rights. So, um, you know, you've really been around and you, you guys have seen it all. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show today, because I thought that our our public and our viewers here at Rebel News, we do have a lot of Americans who watch us. And the Canadian firearms community, I think they're particularly in tune to how quickly um, polit politicians' rhetoric can turn into law, just like that. Yes. Um, so we don't have the same sort of democratic um, protections that they have in the United States because their gun rights are protected and codified in law. So we don't have that here. And um, I would say that our gun owners are a little bit more quiet because you know that you could be hit with a confiscation like that. So you, a lot of times you don't want to speak because you don't want them to know what you have, right? Exactly. You know, and it all, it basically, uh, the, the, it started the, the, the latest, the latest barrage from the liberals, uh, Justin Trudeau's liberals started and basically on May 1st, 2020 with the order in council banning 1500 types of, uh, firearms and counting. I believe it's up to 1800 now. Uh, he basically uh, dropped that on uh, on Canadians after the tragic events in Nova Scotia. He used that as his uh, as his tool to uh, to drop this on us. So, uh, you know, and uh, basically uh, the order in council is banning more than what Trudeau calls his assault weapons. There's several firearms on there. You know, he's basing stuff on caliber, bore diameter, Stuff that you know, there's hunting rifles on I think, there. Sorry that, to interrupt you, Rick. I think there's a 410 bird gun on there. Uh, I'm not sure about the 410 bird <laughs> yeah, gun. I, I think there is. I, yeah. I think there's a 410 bird gun on there. I think, um, and just for so people understand, an order in council does not go before parliament, it's basically a list, they sign off on it, and that's it. It's yeah. as undemocratic as it comes. Yes, it is. It definitely is. And, you know, he did that. Uh, he did that. Uh, it's all uh, it's all related. And uh, it's the classic liberal, you know, uh, spin it towards the firearms owners uh, to get the to get the heat off themselves, which we see all the time uh, uh, in the in the, you know, as, as far as uh, Canadian firearms owners go. We're always we always seem to be the scapegoat. But uh, like I say, the Ordering Council had banned 1,500 types of firearms, and they're adding they're adding firearms to that list every day. And uh, you know, it, it's it's nothing short of ridiculous. Uh, we did get uh, we did get uh, uh, amnesty uh, till 2023, which uh, 
which uh you know uh, you know just spreads things out there is so there is uh, a few court cases that are uh that are in place right now uh we're actually funding one of them uh it, ours is the premac versus canada case where that's the one we're funding uh you know but everything seems to be stalled in uh, in ottawa right now you know to, to get a court date we don't we don't know when this is going to go to court and i don't think uh i don't think they really want to they want to take it to court right now. I think they're going to try to push it to the end, but we'll see. But uh, uh, Solomon Friedman uh, is working uh, on on the case that we're funding, so we'll see where that goes. But, Sorry, you know, before it, you do, before you move on from there, why don't you tell us what that case is a little bit about? Uh, I really, I, I really can't talk about the case right now because it is uh, Cassie Premac. It, it is Cassie Premac versus Canada. Uh, you know, I can't really comment on the on the case right now, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely uh, you know finding that uh, this uh, order in council is not a, a, a lawful order, basically. You know, there are also before we move on there, so people understand there are firearms manufacturers in this country whose complete business was wiped out. By this order in council because some of them only make one model and that model was on the list and they had no yeah. notice and, and so their entire business model was just destroyed by the liberals because the liberals reacted to a mass shooting done by someone who wasn't supposed to be in possession of firearms used that to scapegoat the entire firearms community and destroyed businesses along the way yeah, destroyed them in, in in a lot of different ways. You know, it, it did close some businesses down, but other businesses were hung with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stock that they can't sell. Uh, just like, uh, you know, I, I know a local business here that has several of those types of firearms. And uh, right now they're waiting to see what happens. Uh, they're they're um uh, public safety minister uh, Mendocino did say that there is going to be some sort of buyout to the to the retailers in the next uh few months uh you know they did release some ridiculous numbers with some pricing which uh which uh are nowhere close to what these firearms are are worth but uh they're gonna they're gonna offer the they're gonna offer the the businesses some money to buy these firearms uh I don't know what the businesses are gonna do you know a lot of people are in a bad position because of all this stock and all this money they have laid out but uh uh, the NFA is of the opinion that, you know, we're going to wait out till the end of the amnesty and see what happens. You know, let some of these court challenges get uh, looked at and and go from there. Yeah, that's a, an interesting point that you're making. There is a gun buyback program, but why should Canadian taxpayers be on the hook for the destruction that the liberals have caused in other people's businesses? Because at the end of the day, this is going to be a multi-billion dollar buyback of assets stranded assets, as they say in the oil industry, um, that Canadian taxpayers should not be on the hook for any of this. And none of it should be happening to start with. But then Canadian taxpayers are being stuck with this. And the liberals are patting themselves on the back saying, look what we did. We're helping them out after we ruined yeah. their business. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, they've had, they have a different definition of a buyback than I do. Uh, I'm <laughs> of the impression that you had to own something in the first place to buy it back. And then again, like you said, uh, using our own taxpayers' money to uh, buy back something they didn't own in the first place just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Sheila. So let's move from there to what's happening now with the Liberals or happening, and then they've somehow managed to um, make it even worse. Um, they've decided to ban handguns 
really that at the end of the day, that's what they plan to do. And they're going to do it through several different steps. Uh, why don't you walk us through how the liberals are planning to do that? Well, why don't we just backtrack a little bit sure. to Bill C, to Bill C-71 before uh, right. Bill C-21, which is the handgun ban. Uh, back in uh, back in uh, July 7th of 2021, uh, uh, the the liberals enacted uh, Bill C-71, which included lifetime background checks where uh, it used to be five years. Now, now they can go back your whole life to do a background check. So if you had some sort of offense when you were young or something and uh, it was 20 or 30 years ago, they can take that into account. And I've been actually hearing that uh, some uh, PAL PALs and uh, restricted PL licenses have been denied for that reason. Also with that bill, the... Uh, uh, the authorization to transport a restricted firearm was limited to to and from from to and from ranges and to your residence after a purchase from a gun shop. Before that, uh, your uh, your authorization to transport was valid if you need if you uh, for gun clubs like it like it is, but it was also valid to border crossings. It was valid to other provinces. Now they 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 restricted that. Uh, even even uh, you, right now you need a. You need an authorization to transport to to uh, go to a business for an appraisal or repair your firearm. You need an authorization to transport to go to gun shows or a port of entry or exit of uh, in in Canada. So they they restricted that, and then it then it gets worse. The second part of C seventy one, which uh, became uh, effective on May eighteenth, twenty twenty two, was the license verification part of it. So basically. Uh, License verification and business keeping for non-restricted firearms. So what that is is, uh, if you uh, buy a uh, a long gun from a from a gun shop, they have to uh, uh, re- keep keep a record of that firearm. But they also have to call CFO and get an authorization number, so the CFO can do a background check on you before they can uh, before they can uh, sell you that firearm. So th- there's a there's an authorization number attached to that uh, firearm. Uh, on the record now, before it was just uh, if you had a valid PAL, you could purchase that firearm and walk out with it that day. And there's all kinds of issues with that also, because uh, as far as uh, uh, one-on-one ind- individuals uh, purchasing firearms off of, off of other individuals, you run into the problem of, okay, uh, they basically are making the, the, the seller keep records for the government uh, for your uh, there actually, there's no uh, there's no time limit on that, as far as I know yet. But it, it, same process: call CFO, get a get a transfer number, uh, you know, and uh, whether or not uh, they approve the if they approve if they don't approve the transfer number, uh, for instance, at a gun sale, that person wants to buy that gun. He's got a valid license, but he doesn't get that gun that day, and it, it gets worse too because usually gun shows are on weekends, and and uh, their portal is so jammed that people can't get through and. Uh, I'm in Ontario here, and I've noticed that most gun shows have been canceled now uh, because of that. Uh, the, it, it basically killed another part of the economy just by just by that part of the bill. It's a, uh, in in my opinion, in the NFA's opinion, it's nothing. It's a long gun registry uh, 2.0. Yeah, that's as you were talking. I just wrote that down. This is just a backdoor registry, and where they get to say it's on a registry, it's just records keeping by the retailer, but the retailer has to turn them over to the government if the government demands them. Now, I want to ask you, how does this affect competitive shooters in Canada? Because we have some of the best competitive shooters in the world. And 
Uh, Justin Trudeau, in a former life, he used to be, uh, I think this was his highest position in government when he was in opposition. He was the critic for amateur sport, which included competitive shooting. Um, but this basically wipes them out, does it not? Uh, Bill C-71 doesn't wipe them out. It uh, definitely keeps track of their firearms. But when, when we get into Bill, Bill uh, C-21, uh, that could uh, that could lead to some real issues as far as competitive shooters go, especially the Bill C-21. Uh, Bill C-21 has several parts to it. Uh, uh, the biggest ones uh, that we're concerned with uh, right now, and uh, you know, we could we could have uh, four of these meetings and not cover everything. <laughs> but uh, uh, what the liberals want to do is they want to freeze all import and uh, movement of handguns in Canada. So basically, what is going on right now? They've uh, Marco uh, Mendocino announced uh, last week that he he was going to stop uh, the import of uh, all handguns into Canada in a few days. So that basically stifles the whole uh, handgun uh, industry in Canada. And as far as sport shooters, uh, if this bill becomes law and handguns there and they, and they and they put a handgun freeze into place, which is Basically, if you own a handgun, you are you can't move that gun. You can't give it to your heirs. You can't sell it. It's it's your firearm until you pass away. And then it goes back to the government. So if there's new competitive shooters coming into uh, into the sport like IPSC, IDPA, uh, Olympic, uh, Olympic uh, target shooting. These people right now aren't going to be able to get these firearms. Although there is a clause that Trudeau put in there that uh, uh, sport shooters, and he didn't really clarify on what type of sport shooters are still going to be able to purchase these firearms. So I don't know, uh, you know, I'm a sport shooter. Am I going to be able to buy these guns or is it going to be limited to, uh, to government vetted uh, Olympic athletes? I'm not sure. There's nothing, there's nothing clear in this bill at all. Well, and how do you become uh, somebody who's at the level to compete in the Olympics if you're not able to access training and ranges um, and firearms up until such time as you become an Olympic sports shooter? Basically, it, it ends uh, the sport right here. But yep, there's the, the, no opportunity for new people to join. You're, you're right, Sheila. That uh, basically ends it for anybody new joining the sport. You know, there's uh, there's sport shooters out there that have firearms that can continue their sport. But as far as anybody coming up through uh, through the ranks to become, uh, you know, a world level or Olympic level athlete, uh, you basically you haven't got a chance because it doesn't you need to you need to own them firearms to get to that level. It just like you need you, to, to be a professional skier. You had to start on skis when you were a little when you were when you were younger and, uh, and you know, and move in that direction. So if you haven't got the equipment to do it uh I don't think uh, I don't think you'll uh, you'll ever get to that level. And I don't. I, and if this bill does go through, that's basically going to put the end of Canadian shooting sports in uh, on, on the world level and and on the Canadian level, too, because, you know, the, the people that are involved in it right now are uh, when they're done, they're done. And there's nobody there's nobody to follow up on that stuff. And the other part of it, too, is, you know, besides the besides the sport shooting, there's people out there with with great big collections of firearms that are worth you know a, a lot of money and 
these people can't leave this stuff to their heirs. You know, I know people that have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into handguns. And basically, what are they going to do with them now? They can't move them. You know, they, they kind of stifled, stifled us a bit when they when they prohibited a lot of firearms and they grandfathered a few people into yeah. into that. But uh, now now the guns are what you own is what you got. And uh, when you when, when you pass away, they, they go back to the state, which uh, definitely isn't right. And I don't even know if it if it's legal, but uh, that's where we're at right now. And I just wanted to touch on something else with uh, Bill C20, C21. Uh, they also mentioned uh, magazine bans that limit everything to, uh, to five shots. Well, they never thought that out very much either, because uh, a lot of firearms and uh, you're familiar with uh, with uh, a lever action firearm that has a tube underneath it that holds seven or eight or nine rounds of ammunition. That can't be done on those. The gun will not function if you block that tube to five shots. It's a uh, Th- this bill, you know, this bill was wasn't thought out very well, and uh, if it comes into force, there's going to be all kinds of problems with it. Yeah, it reads as though it was drafted by someone who's never actually used a firearm or been around Absolutely. a firearm. Well, <laughs> the order in council, I have no doubt, was drafted uh, with the same type of people, a bunch of lawyers, and uh, probably some. RCMP guys that uh, you know aren't aren't sport shooters or aren't hunters or aren't anything else, and they came up with this list and 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 this 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 uh, this whole thing. Like you say, it it's definitely not done by uh, firearms people. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Well, and I wanted to point out just how undemocratic this bill is because Justin Trudeau announced that in the fall, I think was the timeline that he gave in the first place, that yeah. uh, he would be banning the sales and importation of handguns. So that, of course, naturally put a run on handguns and ammunition and handgun imports. So then he moved the timeline up. So this bill hasn't gone to parliament. They're summer, so they don't sit, they don't do anything, they go to barbecues. And instead of just letting democracy take its course and accepting the L because he announced the timeline and then naturally people just went out and and bought guns, he's decided, no, you know what? We don't need to answer to parliament. We don't need to answer to the people. We're bringing in this ban right now because we know our bill is going to pass in February or sorry, in in the fall. And so now, like you said, in just a couple of days, you cannot import another handgun into this country. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, Sheila. It really is. And you know, it's it's it, it, it's classic. It's classic. Liber- it's a classic liberal move of what they're doing. Uh, you know, they this bill isn't it, it, it isn't a law. It's it, it's went through. Uh, I believe it's went through second reading. Uh, it hasn't uh, it hasn't uh, gone through royal assent. So basically, uh, parliament uh, parliament is on their summer break right now. But this stuff is happening during summer break, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, Justin Trudeau, Marco uh, Mendocino, definitely uh, handgun salesman of the year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The shelves are basically empty across Canada. Uh, You can't it's hard to go into any gun shop right now uh, to find a handgun to buy because there isn't any. Uh, I know there's some still coming in. I've I've heard that uh, some imports are still coming in, but that's going to end in a few days. Uh, you know, it just, uh, it's, a. I it, there's no reasoning behind what they do, you know, uh, you know, implementing part of this bill, basically, uh, during the summer break by some sort of, uh, ordering council, 
I, I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see why they're doing it, why they're doing it that way or, or there's no, there's no reasoning behind it. It just, they're, they're, they seem to be jumping all over the map with this stuff. I think, I think part of the problem was that they saw that uh, handgun sales went through the roof and maybe they thought they'd uh, put a lid on that. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, and I guess it all goes back to if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which yeah. takes us back to the order in council. If you look at, I was pulled up the latest crime statistics this morning, and the overall crime rate in Canada has increased by 0.7% between 20 and 2021. So since they banned 15, now probably 1,800 models yep. of handguns, violent crime has increased by 5.1%. Nonviolent crime uh, declined by 2.8%. So violent crime is up substantially across the country. The same problems that plagued Canada's big cities are still plaguing Canada's big cities because instead of focusing on gangs, which is really what this is all about, they focus on the most law abiding people in the country and then say, look what we did. <laughs> we're saving exactly. Canadians. We're making we're making everybody safer. Uh, well, give I mean, if you are a gangster in this country, your best friends are the liberals because they're busy blaming everybody else for your crimes. Exactly. You know, and they're that, that, you know, we made that point earlier. They're not, uh, they're not, uh, they're not going to the root of the problem. They're, uh, they're trying to, to go sideways and that that's uh, towards Canadian uh, firearms owners to, uh, you know, to uh, divert, divert the, divert attention of what's really going on with the Liberal Party of Canada. You know, their marriage made in heaven with the NDP and stuff. I, I don't think, I don't think that's too stable these days. And, uh, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on, but you know, I, I I've said I've said this before, and uh, you know, they oh they turn to two things: they turn to uh, to to firearms owners, and they turn to dis discrimination. That's what they use every time when they get a little heat on them, and I believe that's what's going on right now. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up discrimination because I think that's the last thing on my list that I wanted to talk to you about, and I I think I'm probably dumping this on you without you being <laughs> properly prepared for it. But Bill C five, um, Bill C five actually lowers the sentences for violent crimes, um, particularly uh, a whole slate of firearms and weapons related offenses as a way to combat systemic racism. So again, they continue to let the gangsters off the hook while taking the path of least resistance because liberals are lazy and they go after the most law abiding people because they know we jump through hoops every day just to own a gun. We submit ourselves willingly to an everyday background check that mm -hmm. may or may not include our social media postings. Yeah. We'll do all of that just to maintain the use of our private property. And yet recidivist gangsters are getting reduced sentences because of systemic racism. Yeah, and associating us and associate associating us with racism, which doesn't make any sense at all. But you know what? It really, it really, uh, it really looks good in the in the liberal headlines when they do that stuff. But you know, it just, uh, you know, it, like I said before, it takes the heat off of uh, Justin Trudeau of what's really going on. Now, I, I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to let people know um, how they can support the work that the NFA does. Um, and through supporting your work, you're also supporting that court case as it winds its way through the court system. Um, I think the liberals are probably ragging the puck on a lot of these cases just to make it over um, the deadline for when uh, the amnesty is over. Um, but how do people support the work that the NFA does? 
Well, people can support uh, the NFA. They can uh, they can uh, support us by uh, becoming a member, uh, buying a membership. Uh, all all money, all money. Uh, uh, the NFA uh, board of directors, including myself, are all volunteers. So we're not uh, we're not a paid board of directors. Uh, a couple of us get small stipends for uh, for the for some of the extra stuff we do. But uh, they can support us by buying a membership. Uh, the money all directly goes back into uh, into firearms rights. Uh, we do have, a, I just like to mention that we do have a full-time lobbyist in Ottawa. Uh, his name's Charles Zatch, and he's working all the time in, in, in the front lines and behind the scenes uh, lobbying politicians on a daily basis, uh, trying to get some of this stuff changed. So the best way to support the NFA is uh, donate donate to uh, the, buy a membership or donate to Canada's National Firearms Association. Uh, we we appreciate it. And um, like I say, we're a non-for-profit organization, so uh, donations, uh, donations help us, uh, keep making sure that you guys are going to keep your firearms. Great. Rick, thanks so much for coming on the show. And, um, hopefully we can have you back on again very, very soon. I, I'm a little embarrassed. It took so long to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sheila. <laughs> thanks for having me, uh, and, uh, have a great day.